0: Good evening, all you creatures of the night. It's that time of year again. The cool, crisp air nips at your neck, and the leaves begin to change all around you. Fall is finally here, and the glorious month of October has fallen upon us. We have thirty-one days to watch all of the terrifying, blood-curdling films before we finally reach All Hallows' Eve. But which films to watch? Where do I begin? This is the latest podcast episode of It Records, and the return of the annual recommendation show, Halloween Horror. Hello? Welcome to Fright Night. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Today is his birthday. know, all you creatures of the night, and welcome back to the It Records podcast where we are at it again, giving you a movie recommendation on the Halloween Horror Recommendation Show. If, you, if this is your first time checking in, welcome. Thank you. I uh, always love new listeners, but we do this every October. I do a little show where I'm giving you a daily suggestion of a horror movie to watch as we get closer to Halloween. We know you might listen to us throughout the year talk about horror movies, but you might be more apt to watch them when we're in October. So these daily suggestions are just ideas of movies to watch as we get closer to Halloween that you might want to see pique your interest. we have also never recommended these before, or we've never done a full length episode they so their fresh new takes every year. And that's all we want to do. We want you to watch horror films with us as we're watching horror films. So that is Halloween horror. We have a slight caveat this year. We are doing movies throughout horror history, meaning on October 1st, I gave you a movie from 1989. Then on October 2nd, I gave you a movie from 1988, and we're moving backwards year by year until we get to Halloween. October 31st, will be a movie from 1959. So you'll get to see the 80s, you'll get to see the 70s, 60s, and a brief glimpse into the 50s. One movie into the 50s, you'll get to see here. So where does that leave us today? Uh, Where does that leave us with Halloween horror today? If you are peeking at your calendar, you'll notice that today is October 25th, 2021. But on October 25th, I'm going to take you back to 1965. We are smack dab in the middle of the 60s now. And the film that I'm going to recommend, I think I've actually said it already on this year's Halloween horror. At least I've mentioned it uh, to some degree but the film we're going to watch is the British psychological horror film directed by Roman Polanski, starring Catherine Dunov, based on the story by Polanski and Gerard Brock. Repulsion. That is right. That is the film we will be doing for today. I think I probably mentioned this with Polanski in the past. He is part of the apartment trilogy, quote unquote, which all kind of just they're not sequels of each other or anything like that. Um, They just kind of share that apartment setting um, in this really confined space. And they're dealing with uh, psychological issues, potentially uh, supernatural issues, and the deeper underlying themes of mental illness, sanity, uh, gender identity, um, and things like that. And they all take place within apartments. This being the first one of the bunch, Repulsion, 1965. And then 1968, you're gonna get Rosemary's Baby, which I think is the most well-known and the most popular of all of them with Mia Farrow. And then in John Cassavetes. And then you'll get the, the final one is the tenant. And I, I want to say that's 71. But that is the, the third one of the bunch. But yeah, I can't I can't pinpoint the year, but that's the that's the third one going towards uh propulsion, which we're doing today, Rosemary's Baby. And the tenant, if you if you haven't heard of it, a quick little synopsis is just a sex repulsed woman who disapproves of her sister's boyfriend sinks into depression as horrific visions of of rape and violence um, is what this the general synopsis for this movie is uh, going into it. And I think, well, I guess on Rotten Tomatoes, it's ninety five percent. So huge up there on the Rotten Tomatoes meter, 86% audience, uh, still enjoy this movie uh, years later. And I think for a couple reasons, you know, I I gave you the general plot, but I think this movie isn't really plot driven as much. It's not really A to B, you know, you got to follow the, 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 the plot points so much as it's a character study. I think a lot of the, the apartment trilogy movies are like that, really focusing on the person. It was like Mia Farrow and the Rosemary's baby movie as well. It's focusing on their sanity, uh, self-discovery identity um, as they are confined in these spaces and and really taking what would seem as like everyday uh, safety, you know, your apartment, your home or whatever, and turning it into a place that's not sanctuary anymore. And I've said that's like the haunted house genre. These aren't haunted house movies, but like the haunted house movie or the stranger in the house or the home invader movies, home invasion ones are where people are coming into your sanctuary. What's supposed to be safe and making it unsafe. There is some of that, I guess in like Rosemary's baby, you could argue that, but really I think it's more the main characters trying to deal with their sanity um, and, and what's really going on and, and determining what's real and what's not, whether something's really in there or not is you having to believe the main character. And I think that's what makes it interesting is that these kind of confined settings can, can drive you mad. Um, and, and it's not because of anything specifically coming in, but your own mind uh, playing with you. And And with repulsion, it really comes with, Sexual repre- repression, potentially trauma in your past—that's now making you repulsed to sex, and and having these kind of hallucinations about rape and violence. As I said in the in the synopsis here, I mean, I think as I and as say also alluded to as being a character study, not plot driven. I think it kind of moves slowly through the first and second act. It's kind of a very much of a slow burn moving into it, um, and I think why it still works today or why it's still really so high is it's ambiguous, not to the point where it's super abstract or anything, but uh, there's, there's a lot of symbolism going on uh, and in the way that Polanski uh, directs this film. You know, I think Polanski further amplifies or heightens the unnerving reality throughout the use uses some innovative visuals, Uh, In cinematography, including like shadows, unwarranted reflections, uncomfortable close ups, optical illusions, they're all employed to create an even more literal deconstruction of the classical comforts of home. Um, There's some cinematic tools, but besides them, uh, what he uses to usher the audience into the horrifying psychology, the film also repeatedly depicts Carol, our main character's crumbling mindset. Through an assortment of symbolic imagery, yet cracked surfaces as the most obvious example that are seen multiple times within the apartment. And Carol's very limited outer world. But on the sidewalk, a deep fissure, spider webbing upon the pavement causes Carol to completely still. Her eyes magnetized at the crack as though hypnotized. So I think there's a lot of imagery that he uses that could be symbolic of deeper meanings, deeper psychological meanings to Carol that aren't explicit. Maybe not explicitly mentioned, but allow the audience to then interpret for themselves what is going on. And really your attachment to the character, attachment to these issues can really amplify the horror or not. Um, and I think that to me is a a well-made film um, to kind of use the art form of the film, which is meant to be visual, essentially can audio and visual. Um, use those to their fullest so that people are interpreting uh, different things as they're viewing it and not just kind of being explicitly objective exposition where it kind of loses any sort of other meanings that the symbols might mean because you're telling us that this is what it means. Anyway, I'll kind of roll back on repulsion. That is uh, 1965. There were other movies that also came out in this year. Some of the other ones include The Collector, The Nanny, Bunny Lake is Missing, Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, The Skull, Die, die, my darling. And I saw what you did. That's a couple of them that came out in 1965. In other worldly events, what was occurring in 1965, the Gateway Arch in St. Louis, Missouri, the 630-foot-tall parabolic steel Gateway Arch is completed. It's located in St. Louis, Missouri. It was completed uh, during October when the final top section of the monument was put in place. The Gateway Arch was created as a landmark to memorialize the symbolic gateway between the eastern United States and the West. It was designed by Irio Sarini, who won a design competition for the arch in 1947 and took four years of construction to complete. The monument is 630 feet tall and also 630 feet wide and made with stainless steel. The 1965 Voting Rights Act, guaranteeing African Americans the right to vote, becomes law. There's a long history of trying to get that passed, not just the Voting Rights Act, but to allow for African-Americans to vote. Um, That led to this point. It wasn't just, you know, someone thought it up, woke up one morning and put it on. There was a long struggle in the civil rights movement throughout the 60s. But in August 6th of 65, the Voting Rights Act was signed into law, which prohibited the most of the unfair practices used to prevent African-Americans from registering to vote and provided for federal registers to go to Alabama and other states with a history of voting-related discrimination to ensure that the law was implemented. That was 1965, and President Lyndon B. Johnson was in office at the time. In March of that year, prior to the signing, 25,000 people marched from St. Jude to the steps of the state capitol in Montgomery, Alabama, where Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his speech. How long? Not long, as well. And finally, I'll leave you with the Gemini space program continues into 1965 and lays the groundwork for an eventual manned mission to the moon, which we got to in 1969. I mentioned a few days earlier and I said that was gonna be the last one, but it's not days of our lives. debut. that's TV related days of our lives debuts in November of 1965. If you're looking to watch this movie, it is very accessible. Go check it out. Uh, (laughs) It is streaming. I think only on Plex, if you are familiar with Plex at all, but you can rent it. Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, I think it's DirecTV. And you can also buy it on all those platforms digitally. And you can probably find the DVD somewhere or Blu ray at this point. So this one's very easy to find. I recommend it uh, as well as a supplemental recommendation. I maybe go and watch the apartment trilogy because I know Rosemary's Baby, I believe, is on Hulu now as part of Huluween. And I think you'd have to find the tenant somewhere. You'd have to look that up kind check out the trilogy just like I mentioned with Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy earlier I did that earlier uh, this Halloween Horror when I mentioned Prince of Darkness you can go watch The Thing as well as Mouth of Madness but enough suggestions I've given you plenty for today including Repulsion 1965 by Roman Polanski I'll be back tomorrow in 1964 to give you a recommendation but until then I'm Matt Johnson and I remain in the shadows Today is his birthday.